the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, here we are, 40 plus days of Lent, and I know my wife is re ready to return to her first love, chocolate. As most of us come to the end of our fast, and we enter the last week of the earthly life of Jesus, the week that we call Holy Week. The first Sunday in Lent seems like it was so long ago with the story of the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. If you remember that story, way back at the beginning of Lent, it told about the temptation to magically change the reality of Jesus' situation by changing rocks into bread. That story told of the temptation to seize control of all of the kingdoms of the world, as we like to see in the movies with our favorite action heroes, and to force everything to come under God's will. And that story also told of the temptation to be rescued altogether by the angels of God. Jesus, of course, resisted all of these temptations. In the wilderness, he passed every test that was thrown his way. With flying colors, he came through what many like to call the dark night of the soul. That's the way we started our Linton journey. It's in the last line of that story where I want to focus our energy today. That line that states, when the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. I want us to spend some time on that line because today, being Palm Sunday, and as we begin Holy Week, the passion of our Lord, it is an opportune time, an opportune time where Jesus and we will be tested again. In the Holy Week story, as Jesus faces all of the events that are to come, we need to remember that he must have faced the same temptation that rose up in the wilderness at the beginning of Lent. The temptation to magically make the circumstances change. The temptation to forcibly make the people, or to make people behave as they ought to behave, to keep the triumphal entry of the palms more of a ce celebration than the spiraling down that we heard as they read in the Passion narrative. It goes, Hosanna, oh Hosanna, and then at the end of the week becomes, crucify him, crucify him. The temptation to escape the situation altogether, either as Jesus had done in previous times by simply walking away or by calling down the angels of God were types of temptations that he could have done to not face the cross and everything that he had to go through. But we know how the story played out. A person would not be human without being tempted in these three ways, without trying to find some way to prevent what was going to happen, that pain and that suffering of the Good Friday story. And as most Sundays, and, and we say the Nicene Creed, but, but we won't today. And we won't have confession and absolution because our hearts ended where the passion reading ended of Christ is going to have to go through something tough. We believe that Jesus is not only the fullness of divinity, 
but the fullness of humanity dwells there as well, temptations and all. As we continue and press into Holy Week, we will hear the very night in the garden when Jesus is arrested, he will pray that this cup pass by and that maybe he could avoid the events of the week ahead. To give in to these temptations, it would have helped him possibly avoid death and go on and live an ordinary life for a while, but we, he would have lost some of his identity and integrity as God's chosen, the Messiah. Each approach would have given the chance to a normal, ordinary life. It would have been easier to see that living that ordinary life versus the trying to prepare the disciples and all those around him for one day, I will not be here, but I will send the Holy Spirit. What would have been easier? But what is human life? What is easier? What is normal? There are those that would tell us that normal life is to aspire to never hunger for anything and to make sure we always have enough in order that we don't go hungry. There are those that might tell us normal life is what is the plans we make and then if it doesn't go according to plan, well, we should just try harder and plan better. Then there are those that would tell us that humanity is impervious to the pain of loss. I would wager that none of us here has ever experienced that type of normal. Have you? Have we ever arrived at a kind of normal where we don't hunger physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, or even socially? Have we ever arrived at the type of normal where their life does not throw us any curveballs, where we get everything right, nothing changes, and that's how we live on the rest of our days? Are any of us living that type of normal right now? Have any of us been able to live a type of normal that is tear-free or pain-free, never having to experience death or loss? Have any of us arrived at that type of normal? My wager still says no. Life itself, from crib to grave, involves hunger and yearning for things that we don't completely have. Life from crib to grave is never conducted according to our plans and always contains varying degrees of unpredictability, some pleasant and some downright awful. From the crib to the grave, each time we, we risk to love someone, we also make ourselves vulnerable to pain and tears. Each time we are willing, willing to risk living, we also leave ourselves exposed, ex exposed to the pain of death and loss. It is part of life experiencing the dark nights of the soul. When we don't get what we hunger for, when things don't go according to plan, and we learn what suffering is all about. Our temptation in life might be to chase after magical promises or to create our own forms of control to construct the walls that we think will keep us safe from ever having to experience the dark nights of the soul. Eventually, no matter how many walls we put up or how many, we may tend to isolate ourselves or try to control our own little worlds, 
Eventually, we will come face to face with realities that we are powerless to change. Eventually, we will all come face to face with situations that we can't just skip over or avoid the harsh realities that we have to find our way through. In Holy Week, Jesus doesn't rescue us any more than he rescues himself, but he shows us the way through. He takes us by the hand if we are willing to walk with him through his story so, he can so we can recognize he's walking with us through our stories. You see, this isn't a way to be explained. It's just a way, and possibly even the way to walk. It's a way to walk, look, and listen, and experience what Jesus does during Holy Week, and also what Jesus does not do during Holy Week, as he was facing the events of what was coming his way. It's the journey to the feet of the cross. We have several opportunities coming up, starting tomorrow, for you to walk that same journey to the cross. And it's not just so you can do something, but it's to experience the darkest days the world has ever known to be met by the greatest hope and power the world has ever known, the resurrection of Christ. I bid each of you a powerful and meaningful journey to the feet of the cross this week. Amen. Amen.